Hello and welcome to the Simone Intuitive Podcast, where we dive deep into spiritual wellness and intuitive development. I am your host, Simone, and I've worked as a professional psychic medium, Reiki master, and spiritual life coach for over 13 years. You can find me at www.simoneintuitive.com on my Etsy store, also called Simone Intuitive, and that's where I offer my readings, as well as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I hope you all have had a great week. Today is Sunday that I'm recording this, and as many of you know, I live in Seattle, Washington, and today is actually very, very nice. It's 70 degrees, it's sunny, it's bright, it's beautiful. We are famed for our rainy days uh, and days that are just gray. And I'm not from Washington originally, but I have grown to love the rain and the gray, but also so happy when <laughs> it's days like today where the sun is out and I'm really grateful that I got to have lunch outside. So a little mini picnic, get a little vitamin D and connect with nature. So that was really great. And I'm really excited to do this podcast. So off and on throughout the years and a little more so recently, I've had clients ask, hey, can I ask kind of a non-reading related question? I always say, sure, I'm an open book. And they ask, how, do, how does one start, like, a spiritual business? Like, you know, I think I might want to be a tarot reader, or I think I might want to do Reiki healing. And so how does one start that? And so one of my little passions about this work is that I love the business part of owning and operating a spiritual-based business. Uh, some of you may know or may not know, I have a master's degree in business administration, and my focus is on business strategy and innovation. I think spiritual business and, and strategy and development is such a great niche, and I love building strategies. So partner that with a little more high frequency of the questions of how do I get started led me to developing this podcast. And there is so much from start to, I won't say finished because owning uh, a business is never, <laughs> it never finishes, but how to at least start it. So I wanted this to be a series um, and this is the first part of the series. And so I'm really excited to continue this. I'm thinking about doing it every week just to keep a variety of topics that people may be interested in. Um, I think some of my listeners are more interested in spiritual growth and some may be more interested in owning their own spiritual business. So I'm trying to tap into both. So this first part is all about developing your brand. I have a lot of clients who are so talented with their intuition and really should be doing readings, but sometimes starting the business part or the branding part or the strategy part can be overwhelming. So I wanted to break it down into a couple steps, a couple thoughts and ideas to kind of springboard you into thinking about what makes you, you in the context of business. So step one, market research. This is one of my favorites. And from a business standpoint, I think this is the most powerful thing you can do to create your brand 
and it's my favorite part, I routinely do market research. I love it. It's something I do on a quarterly basis because I love seeing what other psychics are doing and how they're doing it and what to implement in my own business and what to not implement in my own business and figuring out what works best for me. I just think it's so much fun. You may have an idea of what you are about or what your brand is about, but market research is truly the most important part of developing strategy because you have data, content, ideas, ways to move forward, and ways to shape your business to be the best. Spend lots of time doing market research. How I perform market research is I usually start, I have a Gmail account, so I start a Google Doc, and I just call it market research brain dump. And that's where I copy and paste and jot down ideas I love, that I don't love, things that I like, or things I just want to jot for the future because I might cultivate it further later. So there are several ways that you can explore spiritual businesses and where they're at. So you can look online at psychic phone trees, different psychic websites, what psychic or tarot readers are local to your area or your state. Uh, You can use Etsy, Fiverr, eBay, Amazon. It is very much the world is your oyster. There's a lot of content out there. And you can see the language that people use. What types of readings do they perform? How much do they price? What is their target demographic? And what are their reviews? And what is their brand positioning? And what is their value proposition? We will get more into that later. But all those important pieces that come to give you more content and data on to shape who you are as a brand and as a reader. So like I shared, I do quarterly market research just because I like to make sure I'm keeping up on trends and knowing what's out there, what's not out there. And it's also really valuable as a service to your clients as well because there are some things that readers don't do. So if you're a tarot reader, you may not do mediumship. If a client says, hey, do you know a good medium or do you have, you know, somebody you can direct me to, because you've done your market research, you can say, hey, I know this person, here's their information, Um, I found them, you know, just kind of doing my own research and they seem like a really fabulous reader. So doing market research also helps you gain fluency of the industry and helps you know trends and things like that. That's why I think it's one of the most powerful parts of not only starting your business, but also sustaining your business. All right. Number two, step two. This part's a little more esoteric. Think about who you are, what you are, and what you're about. And know that this can change. What kind of reader are you? What do you want your clients to know about you? How do you want your clients to feel when they leave your reading. What is your communication style? What is your reading style? And what is your personality style? So I have a story that I love telling as it relates to this. I utilized a psychic once and her brand positioning was that she was very blunt. She doesn't sugarcoat things and that sometimes Her communication style can come across as abrasive, but she does it with love. All right, great. I purchased the reading, and to be really frank, it was a really bad reading. 
none of it was accurate. In fact, it was very inaccurate. But she held true to her brand positioning and what she promised to clients. The reading was not sugar-coated, it was very blunt, and it was very abrasive. So take that what you will, but she held true to what she promised her clients. So think about what your communication style is, what your personality is, who you are, and how you want clients to feel when they're done with a reading with you. For me personally, if someone asked me, I would say I tend to be a very uplifting reader and I want my clients to walk away whether the information is good or bad and know that if I have to give bad news or bad information, I'm doing it with love and care and support and I'm holding their hand the whole way through and I want them to walk away feeling a little more empowered with a little bit more clarity and a little bit more grounded. And my communication style tends to be very uplifting. If you've had a reading with me, you know that I tend to have a more, I would say, perhaps academic communication style because that's just who I am as a person. I tend to be very clear with my answers and I want to be uplifting at the same time. And I'm a high context person as well. So that's another aspect of my readings. I tend to be a very high context person and I love examining issues that clients are facing from kind of a myriad of different perspectives where some readers will just answer your question you know you ask does this person like me they might just say no or yes and that's it so you kind of have to consider what are you about who do you want to be to your clients to develop this I would say this might take a while brain dump again Jot down some words that you think best describe your personality, your communication style, what type of reader are you, and then from there, develop a mission statement. And your mission statement can be as simple as, I am, insert your name, business name, whatever, and I wanna give readings that, insert whatever feeling you want clients to have, and my communication style is blank, insert what your communication style is, And my brand personality is, insert whatever it is. And know that that, it can definitely change. It can change over the years. I would say when I started doing readings, I was a little worried about giving too much context to people. So I was less of a high context person as it related to readings. Um, I would say when I was 19, 20 and doing readings. And because I thought maybe the person doesn't want to know that much information about their question. Maybe going verbally overboard is just too much for that person to handle. So that changed for me. And I realized that people do appreciate more context and different perspectives around what information they're seeking. The next step, consider differentiation. Differentiation strategy is an approach that businesses use to develop by providing customers with something unique, different, and distinct from items their competitors may offer in the marketplace. The main objective of implementing this type of strategy is to increase your competitive advantage. And so that's very strong language, competitive advantage. You know, you do have to have a competitive advantage 
but I also want to highlight that it's important for you to maintain positive relationships and do positive networking with fellow psychics and fellow readers. My philosophy is we're all in this together. But you do want to consider differentiation. You want to consider what makes you unique and what is something unique about your readings. If someone asked me, Simone, what makes your readings unique compared to other psychics? I would say, you know what? I'm really flexible with time. If you've had a reading with me, you know that. I don't want you to feel rushed during a reading. I don't want you to look at the clock and think, oh my goodness, I only have two minutes left. I have four questions left. Oh my goodness. I don't want any client to feel stressed. I want that person to feel comfortable and like we got through all their questions. And then walk away from that reading feeling empowered, more clarity, or at least have a sense of wait, a way to move forward. That's my differentiation. That doesn't have to be your product differentiation, but that definitely is mine. Because through my market research and my own experiences with clients, a lot tend to say, okay, time's up. <laughs> and that's it. And when I've gotten readings from psychics, that time part always stressed me out. And I thought, gosh, how do I get away from this? So I'm always happy to be flexible with time with a client. And that's my product differentiation. And that does give me a competitive advantage. And so if you are wanting to have a spiritual business, consider what your differentiation is. It can be your style. It can be your communication. It can be your personality. It can be the services that you offer. For example, there are some tarot readers that specialize in Celtic cross readings. And there are some that specialize in really deep esoteric tarot decks and things like that. There's Reiki masters that specialize in animal Reiki or clearing of homes. There's a myriad of ways that you can offer a differentiation strategy. Next, think of your value proposition for your clients. The question is, why should someone book a reading with you? A value proposition is essentially a promise of value to be delivered, communicated, and acknowledged. It is also a belief from the customer about how value will be delivered, experienced, and acquired. This is why knowing your personality, your differentiation, who you are as a brand is so key. Once you know all those parts, you're able to develop your services slash products, and you're able to clearly articulate what your value proposition is. And sometimes, as it relates to services, your value proposition can be the same as your differentiation. Exploring these will help you build a stronger way to communicate your brand and what you're about. How do you create a value proposition? That's a, that's a great question. I think it's good to, I think it's really good to brain dump these all on like a Google Doc or something like that. But think about your service or think about your product. If you're going into a spiritual business, you may want to be a reader or you might want to sell sage bundles, for example. So the first part of designing what your value proposition is is to describe what makes these benefits valuable. What makes this product or service valuable? Next, identify your customer's main problem. This can be a little tricky with 
spiritual businesses, specifically psychics and readers. Sometimes we don't know our customer's main problem. I would say on a broad level, it's usually that they need clarity in something that they're facing. And you can use that as your customer's main problem. But if you're selling physical product, it might look different. Connect this value to your buyer's problem. And then differentiate yourself as the preferred provider of this value. Some people get really hung up on the preferred provider part and what that means. All it means is that you're staying true to your brand development strategy and your brand self. You don't have to steal clients. You don't have to go crazy and apply for There's some things in the psychic industry where people can apply for widgets to be put on a website saying they're the best psychic of, you know, this or that. Some are legit, some aren't. You don't need to do that. All you need to do to be the preferred provider is to stay true to yourself and who you are as a brand. Next, you can choose a business name or just use your name. My advice with this is don't overthink it and know you can change it. I have almost always used my own name. I've been advised against it at times. (laughs) Um, But I, it's just who I am, right? I want to stay true to myself, stay true to my brand. And that's part of how I stay true to myself and my brand. So Simone, Simone intuitive. I'm an intuitive person. That's what I am. Gets the point across (laughs) that that's what I do. So you can come up, there's some beautiful names out there (laughs) that are far more creative than mine. Um, So it's up to you. What feels right for you? And know that you can change it. You can, I rebranded a couple times over the years. You can always rebrand. But just to start, just to kind of push yourself, go ahead and select a name. And sometimes you don't need a name. You can just use your first name and just say tarot reader, psychic, Reiki master, spiritual tool seller, whatever you want. Next step. Choose your brand colors, font, logos. This is sometimes the fun part for people and sometimes this is the the hard part for people. My advice with this is don't be afraid to enlist help with it. And it is worth it to invest some money into somebody helping you with brand development as it relates to logos, colors, and fonts. On Etsy and Fiverr, there are several fabulous graphic designers, content developers out there that are ready and willing and able to help you with this type of thing. And it's not a steep price. I tried to make my own logo and it was miserable because I'm not great at the graphic design thing. (laughs) So I enlisted help and it took such a load off my back and I could be done with it and use it and love it. So I highly recommend going that way unless you have experience doing that type of work and you're comfortable with it and you can pick it. Again, You don't have to commit yourself. If you decide on a color palette and you're kind of like, hmm, I'm not loving this. You can always, always change it. Many brands rebrand over the course of years, even if it seems like it's uh, 
a simple rebranding like coca-cola for example they have rebranded several times with slight changes to their fonts and things like that so and then other brands have gone through more drastic um rebranding so you can always do it too and for me this was kind of the fun part and how I chose my colors is that I like things to be clean but with a pop of color and I went by colors that I like and that was that who knows it might change in the future you never know there's lots of flexibility with this but I think to kind of help build and shape your business and your brand more just picking some colors, sticking with them for a little while, committing to them for a little while while you develop and all the pieces will fall into place. And then once you feel like you're in a good spot, you can always change the colors. All right, that's all I have for today. So this was focused more on starting from the very, very beginning, starting with who you are as a brand. Some guides will say, oh, you know, you go out, you uh, get an LLC, you do this, you do that, you buy insurance, and that's not always the way a spiritual business can go, should go, unless you want to. It totally depends. Um, there's a lot of dialogue on when to have like a business license, things like that. We can talk about that next time. <laughs> that's like the, what I'll call the boring business side <laughs> of these things. But I wanted to really, really start at the true, true start, which is thinking and digesting and kind of creating what you are about as a brand. And that's and once you have a good brand development, that really takes you far as it relates to differentiation and value propositions. So I'm really excited to continue this. I love helping spiritual businesses kind of get off on the ground and helping them shape. And so this conversation can go in a myriad of different ways. We can talk through different ways to own a spiritual business, be it on eBay, Etsy, just through a website, um, psychic phone trees. I will say I've done it all and then some. So I have lots of thoughts and feelings about different avenues, different ways to go, what works, what doesn't work. And I'm really excited to be able to use my Masters of Business Administration with this as well and kind of offer some more key insights to the business side. So I really hope you all enjoyed this. This is very exciting for me to do. And so next week will be not on business. It'll be a different topic just for people who are more interested in perhaps spiritual growth as opposed to owning a spiritual business. But the week following, we'll go into the next steps. And I really hope you all have a great, great week. And thank you so much for joining me. If you have any thoughts or feelings or insights, feedback, feel free to reach out to me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, my website, however, <laughs> however you want. I'd love to hear your ideas. And if you have any specific questions, as it relates to a spiritual business, I'm happy to answer those on this podcast. So if you feel free to send your questions in. All right. I hope you all have a fabulous rest of your Sunday. If you're listening on Sunday and a really great week, thank you so much for taking some time and spending it with me. All right. Take care, y'all. Bye.